doesn't want to go your way. Like I said, one of the days, bro. Testing, testing, one, two, three. And we're back. Episode 33, how we deliver the best hour of your day. What do we mean by that? It's the art and science of everything that we've put together for the last 10 years from the moment somebody walks into their gym to the moment they leave our facility. It's the every little variable that we've put in place to make this the best hour of their day. And there's so much time and effort we put into just this one hour um, and so many components and so much love and compassion and uh, we really do deliver a great hour and it's trying to get our members to forget everything they got going on outside of the gym and really just focus on these next 60 minutes because that's why they came here today. The magic in what we do is that we make it look effortless as, uh, as if it's not something that we think about. And that's powerful to the members because we are able to consistently offer that experience every single day not happen chance not i had one really good class and one really bad class that if you come early morning or late afternoon if you come on the weekend or a tuesday or a friday afternoon you're going to get the same quality experience and the way we're able to do that is some of these things that we're going to talk about today but i just want everyone to know that it is purposeful it is not accidental that what we do uh they get uh, consistently it's uh, by choice yeah basically the point of this podcast is to get our listeners a feel for what it's like from the very beginning to where the coach tells you hello until you break as hard work and you send you on your way um, and the coaches goodbye well let's do it brother what's the first thing that happens when somebody walks into our gym uh, when I'm the coach when you're the coach I see that we both do it very well uh, we greet them individually um, we try to make that contact, make that connection uh, to show them appreciation for them coming. Yeah, for me, I try to I try to say their names multiple times. One of the things that I do that I think is unique is I, uh, I come up with a nickname for everybody. It might be an abbreviation of their name. It might be something that they know that when I say it, it's because we're connecting. We know each other. And I try to do that with every, like if his name is Steve, I call him Steve-O. If it's his name is uh, Joey, I call him Jojo. And we get into this relationship because that makes that a little bit more special and we get to connect. But it's always, how are you doing? When was the last time you were in? How are you feeling? I'm just trying to get a sense of their energy and what's going on because not only is it I care about them but i want to make sure that in order to deliver the best experience i'm taking all these things into consideration today yeah when you greet them um them specifically it's personable right you're not saying hey what's up bro or hey how you doing girl that kind of shows that hey you know he doesn't really care i'm here right now but if you you know i like that nickname and uh you know even by their first time it's hey steve how you doing uh how's your day today how's work right makes them feel appreciated it's kind of kicking off uh your relationship uh, for that day on the right foot yeah and I try to do it multiple times there's something so special about someone saying your name multiple times that really resonates um, 
it's a totally different effect. Same sentence, but finishing it with their name is very, very powerful. And I, I try to do the best to do that. But I also want them to, and I'm already considering, you know, transferring that into demo review, right? When, when someone at the beginning on the hour of class starts this afternoon at 4.30, at 4.30 exactly, everybody knows what to do. They come directly to the center of the gym where our workout board is, and we're gonna go over a general briefing of expectation, what the workout is, and then get them started. We recognize people are not gonna remember everything, but we wanna give them on the right path. Mm -hmm. And that's really gonna set the tone from the moment class starts. Yeah, so what we do is we gather, you know, like you mentioned the 4.30 class starting. At 4.30, we're starting at 4.30, not 4.31, right? Um, We're on that time schedule. So 4.30 hits on the clock, we're at the board as the coach, we go over, uh, any new announcements, anything going on throughout our gym, any upcoming events, anything like that. And then bam, we're going right to the workout, briefing the workout because that's why they came here. Yeah, and the, the other thing to understand is that, you know, we also ask at the end if there's anything that was really confusing, right? Because we don't want them to sit on that for too long. We also recognize they're not going to remember stuff. So we say that going into it, but we also want to give them expectation and feel. Here's some things to consider from what we saw this morning, or what I want you to think about when you're in this workout. Our goal when we originated this workout is we want you to struggle through the shoulder presses a little bit. So don't be surprised when that happens, or that third set is really, really gonna hurt. Expect that, right? We want them to start considering those things so it's not a shock in the middle of the workout. It's much easier to to deal with struggle when you anticipate it than when you're in the middle of it trying to deal with it, like high intensity workout. So we wanna get ahead of those uh, those conversations with people uh, way before the workout even starts. Yeah, basically what we're doing is trying to prepare them um, for exactly what we got going on, and that's how we kind of introduced that three-tier tracking um, option we've developed here um, to make sure that they know this desired stimulus based on any type of athlete they are. Yeah, and you know, we were already doing this, Brett, like from a verbal standpoint, but there's something powerful when you visually standardize um, what you're looking for based on people's current experience. And by putting it on the board, it's been, uh, it's acted twofold. The three-tier tracking helps put the coach and uh, the right mindset of what we're looking for when it comes to progressions or regressions. And for the individual to really start thinking about, it's handstand work today, I'm a health athlete, what are we doing instead? And why am I doing it this way? It's not do as I say, right? It's do what we know that we put in place to hit the required stimulus. Nothing makes me happier when someone asks me, why did you guys choose this today instead of that? Mm -hmm. Because we can really, they're starting to think for themselves, right? That's what I want them to do. I want them to consider why we chose different modifications over others. There's no such thing as a perfect modification, but people need to have reason why they choose one over the other. Yeah, we have a specific desired stimulus. We have a specific reasoning on how to develop each and every athlete and we have a specific uh, desired intensity we have for that conditioning that day that time so and again they're not going to remember it it's also we joke about it you know thank god we have the workout board if you ever need to cross reference at any time during the during the hour please do 
is we, uh, after the workout demo is complete, we're going to lead it with a warm up. It is the responsibility here for the coach to lead the warm up. There's no do whatever you need to do for five minutes or do warm up A or do warm up B. That's silly because we have to recognize that every training session is unique and original and so should every warm up be dependent on let's primary general warm up. We have to do three things. We got to warm their bodies up. So we have to increase their heart rate. We literally, literally need to warm their core temperature up. And the evidence of that is sweating. And then number three, we want to move through every single joint in the body. That's general, mm-hmm. general warm up. We're knocking all three of those out. Yeah, and then um, some people aren't too familiar with what they should be doing for a warm up. So you know that's why we have to take charge. We have to run that because I've seen so many times where we've got you know a more um, upper body specific day on the board, and some members will come in uh, and start you know doing stuff on their legs, stretching out their legs. You know. You, you definitely, we got to go the general warm-up, which is guided, and then also a movement-specific warm-up, which is guided. Yeah, and wh- like, why does all this matter for their, incorporating the best hour of their day? Because we want to, we, we're building up this beautiful storyline, right? And it starts from the moment they walk in, and the climax of the story is the finishing of the workout, mm-hmm. right? And so everything we're doing it's is that build built up. in. It's that Love build that. up, and that's that's what this is. It is a an hour story plot that we are creating, and that's how that build up is. It's not let's come in there and hit them in the face. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're not creating that suspense the first few minutes. We're building that up until we get into that magical three, two, one, go. Hit them into that because everybody loves that and. And that's part of the best hour of their day, but we don't. That's not what we're selling. That that's in addition to everything else. Yep. Uh, following the warm up, we got either a strength or a skill piece. We do a new skill of the week every week, and we rotate between four categories. Uh, that skill piece will always be pertaining to the skill of the week. We'll run through that, and then what we do a great job of is. Uh, when we do a demo for a movement, the coach doesn't do it every time, which is what I love that we do at the gym. You know, we kind of do it uh, with our athletes. You know, we give them an opportunity to show off their skill set, how they can move well, and uh, gives all the other athletes what to uh, look for when they're performing the movement themselves. Exactly. When we set up the coaches' evaluations, we are we don't think there's a perfect number, but we do want to mix. We know that the default a default of every coach is to show it themselves because. Beginning coaches are really nervous, so by moving, they can just keep talking and hopefully, you know, they can remove some of that nervousness. Two, it's just easier. It's easier to demo something quick versus trying to pick somebody and and really put them in the center and and have the uh, the class watch them. But we know we get more always. It's always a win-win-win when we have an athlete demo because of that, you know, celebration of good quality movement. But two, I can take my time. With explaining. The, explaining, showing points of performance, show me good, show me bad. And then if I need to really quick show something that just came to mind after they were moving, that's fine. But we really want a really well balance between self-demonstration and athlete demonstration. That's what we call that. And um, it's a really effective technique that, that uh, that's helped us, you know, deliver consistent value. Yeah, no, I love it. And it, it's extremely hard sometimes to try to demo um as a coach, you know, something that's pretty, you know, uh, requires skill or you're getting upside down or something, right? You know, uh, that's probably the main uh, one. It's 
how hard it is for a coach to get up, sit down into a handstand, demo a handstand push-up, and try to talk, hey, this is what your lockout should look like, this is how you should keep your midline stable while you're upside down. It just doesn't make sense. If we get the athlete to do it, we point at all different aspects, all points of performance, hey guys, this is what we want, this is what we don't want, this is what we want. Yeah, the other reason we like it is that it still acts as a warm-up. Like if the strength piece is five by five, they're not jumping into 80% on their first set. So we can take 15, 20 minutes as warm-up skill acquisition and strength piece all in 20 minutes. That's phenomenal, mm -hmm. right? Where if uh, we were a little bit more rushed, we couldn't do something like that. So, you know, the reasons we implemented that, Brett, a while back is what there was a criticism um, that CrossFit wasn't developing good quality movement and they weren't developing absolute strength, right? Because the sell for a really long time was people loved CrossFit because of the high intensity, right? The, that, that heart pounding effect. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at it and said, though we don't think that's true, we should do more to systematically attack skills and strength. And the best way to do that was this new implementation where we're the, the first 15, 20 minutes of each class, based on the theme of the week, we're, we're doing something to get them specifically better at that thing. Yeah, and it's every single day. You won't come in here a day where we're not either doing something to build strength or something to build, build skill. Um, and, you know, some days where that workout is uh, more focused on that time to where there might be little to no conditioning, right? It, you know, sometimes we have to dial in to our members and say, hey, this is why we're doing it this way. I'm telling you, it makes sense. Uh, chances are the conditioning will be harder you know later throughout the week but just look at, at the overall bigger picture instead of just being desperate for that you know heart pounding crazy cardio feeling yeah i mean you can really tell someone who gets it who you can go through a non-cardio day and 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 still uh really happy that they came they get it right yeah, they feel accomplished they feel accomplished they know that like there's no such thing as a perfect workout like in the totality of the seven day cycle of the month cycle of the year cycle they know that this thing has a goal and that's what we try to do as coaches now for 95 percent of uh of our of our workouts they, there is a conditioning piece fixed in there, definitely, right? Definitely. And that not only is a popular sell of what we do here, we also know the importance of it as well. Now, we can conditioning can last as short as three minutes in total volume, and it can go as long as 30 minutes of total volume. So uh, our goal in our sell here is that every single workout is original, unique, and different every day, week, month, and year that they come and attend. Yeah. That is what we sell from day one. Yeah, it, it, ha it all has its purpose. It all follows the big picture, you know, the end goal uh, in mind. So with that conditioning, we would say that we're creating a heart pumping effect, right? It's breathing hard, heart rate increased. We do that many different ways through intervals, through circuits, through time domain workouts. We're a purist to the sense that we really, really try to stay away from conditioning pieces with more than three or four exercises. We just feel like it complicates um, the matter, that we know we can get just as much done from a conditioning standpoint with three or less exercises than we could with 10 or more. Yeah, we don't want to get too crazy, too complex. We kind of pick you know, two to three movements, uh, basic movements, you can you know, say so to speak, 
master those move well move fast uh but keeping it clean that's my biggest go-to all time hey we got this intense uh conditioning piece coming up but last thing i want to do is see a rounded back right last thing i want to do is for you to sacrifice any type of technique because you know me man i try to be a movement like specialist like mm -hmm. as if someone's taking pictures or videos of me oh, every like single that. time i move I like right that. um so you know that's the way i coach hey you know this is going to get hard this is going to get intense but do not sacrifice any movement quality for a faster time or uh, another round. And what we find is as those movements, you get into those handful of movements or more per workout, they do sacrifice because they're thinking of the next movement and they're not staying present in the current because they're just trying to survive, right? And so, you know, the famous line is don't be impressed with volume, be impressed with intensity. And mm -hmm. to do that, uh, we know the less is more and that's why we keep it simple that's not to say that we'll sprinkle in some fun exercises of stuff that we're finding online but we're not pretending that's a core exercise of ours and we acknowledge that it's not a core exercise and that it's going to be a little bit different today but there really is a core i call them the core 30 it's the it's the 30 movements that we are cycling through to the infinite degree and with those you can produce a good million workouts out of those 30 exercises and so that's where we want to stay because we know we can get the most bang for their buck with those exercises now if people are getting bored it's because they believe that they have surpassed excellence which is a very ignorant statement when someone says hey I just feel like these workouts are getting boring because really they're not acknowledging that they still need a lot of work with the core 30 a lot tremendous work right if they can't do 50 handstand push-ups in the row they can't back squat 500 pounds they can't do 15 kipping pull-ups for time they can't do 30 unbroken muscle ups for time they have not even coming close to tapping their full potential into these exercises and so we want to really get back to virtuosity doing the common most commonly well yeah like i just keep saying you know it's mastering the basics there's always ways to make these basic fundamental what we call functional movements harder right you can go you know say you're killing the handstand push-ups you can get 50 unbroken hey let's go deficit today right or let's throw a, a 20 pound vest on them right there's always ways to stick to these movements but always increase the intensity and make it harder uh, I joke that we have the best job security in the world because no one ever arrives at full fitness we have the best job security in the world because no one will ever fully arrive. Yeah, right. It, right? It's, a, it's a constant game. It's a constant, you know, strive to get better. There's never any end goal, right? There's no end goal. There, you can't master it. Yeah, and that's what we got to keep selling to them, and uh, that's that's part of that experience we're getting at them. And a lot of that just takes communication, Brett. It's like whether it's an issue of frustration or, like we said. The other day, uh, we had an athlete that finished way too fast, was the first athlete done with uh, all their movements modified. And so the reality is, is they need to advance their level of technicality, right? But we have to do it in a manner that will build them up. And that's the trickiest that's, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not that, always easy for that's sure. You don't the want to offend thing. them. Because the fact is the fact. They went way too, they modified way too many exercises to finish two minutes in front of the athlete that went RX. Mm -hmm. And so the, the fact of the reality is how do I, when do I make that statement that will build them up and not offend them in like F you or you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what I say, our coaching the back squat is the easiest thing in the world. It's dealing with people and how to, you know, 
help them understand that we're here for them and that that whatever statement I make is out of a pure heart that hey yo bro you like we got to get you how to we you know, the first thing I do that what I've learned Brett is I asked them what would you do next time mm-hmm. that's good I got to take that with me because I've had numerous occasions where I've hey you know you you, you probably should have pushed yourself a little bit higher on the box or um, say you're doing a hanging leg raise, you know, instead of doing knees to elbow, let's try to get them toes to bar, even if it slows down that time a little bit. Yeah, even if you got a minute slower. And so I was like, great workout, dude, you crushed it by two minutes. Do you think you would do something differently? Bam. Versus, dude, that was terrible, bro. Like, yeah. you should have done toes to bar. You were jumping on a 20-inch box. I was jumping on a 24 because and then there's that comparison effect. And so that's uh, – it's, uh, it's communication. It's people, man. And I'm starting to realize how important it is to really, really study psychology, communication, how people react to things. Because if I can get that down, all this other stuff that comes naturally to us I agree. is just to add on to it. Because the fact of the matter is those individuals need to make the exercise harder. But if I can do it in a manner that is smooth, it's like they never even knew what I was really trying to do. And what I was trying to do with that individual is to get him next time to say he can't do knees to chest anymore because it's just not worth his time. Yeah, it just it comes down to our members understanding us as coaches have their best interests in mind any feedback any you know constructive criticism any suggestions it is to get them better at the end of the day 100% dude and that brings us to our last point which to me is the most obvious but I think because the way we're set I think this takes a different mindset to do really well and that's I want to be better every single day and the problem with that sometimes is when that's all you're focused on, you lose you lose the excitement of how fun this thing is, right? That stuff that made you drink the Kool-Aid when you originally started becomes sometimes burden, right? Because you get you're getting these aching pains, you're constantly sore, you don't feel like you're improving as fast as you want, that you're just not having as much fun with it anymore. Yeah, you gotta keep it fun. As soon as you start making fitness not fun to where you're dealing with all these injuries or you're becoming so obsessed with numbers on the barbell that if you don't hit that, the rest of your workout is ruined, then you're not keeping it fun anymore. And uh, that's gotta be the number one priority. And just to backtrack just a little bit on the conditioning piece, that's the fun part, you know? You got a group of 12 at our gym suffering together in the conditioning piece that afterwards when you're helping your teammate up, you know, that's what makes it fun, right? Doing it all together as a group, as a unit and suffering together. I mean, you can't get any more fun than that. Yeah, it's it's going through war together, right? That helps people connect with one another. It's we're looking up and I'm looking at you hurting and I'm clapping up and I'm yelling at you. Like, I really, really enjoy that because it's the thing that connects me most to what I used to do when I was younger. And I think that's why, you know, we joke about this being a young man sport, but it's not necessarily that. It's how we portrayed ourselves as young men and that's that we were competitive that we wanted to push ourselves to be the best and that's why i think a lot of former athletes do really well with this type of program i agree a hundred percent i always refer to that if you were any type of athlete at uh, previously high school college even freaking little league baseball you know you got that teamwork uh competitive nature 
uh, it transfers so well into CrossFit style training. You can't beat it. Yeah, and we want to teach that. I think you can be 40 years old and become an athlete, learn how to be an athlete, but there are certain mindsets that we have that separate us, right? And you want to develop that, right? Like competition is good. It's part of every facet of our life. Like pushing yourself hard and getting uncomfortable is good for you mm-hmm. and getting people to understand. It's growth right it, there. That, that, that's it. Like without struggle, there is no growth. That's fitness physiology 101 and what we just want to transfer that into the group class because really that's what makes us feel so accomplished like you know that's what people love about this program you know when they're i call it the stop drop and roll three two one time and everyone's like bodies hit the floor Mm -hmm. like there's something to that and that feeling you can't you can't compare it to anything else yeah, no, I love it. At the end of the day, you know, we can, you know, jar about it all we want. We love it. We're passionate for this. But uh, if if you're on the fence about possibly trying one, we really uh, would recommend just to jump in, uh, test it out for yourself, really experience it because, you know, you can listen to us, you know, jar about it all day. But until you come and really experience for yourself, I mean, you, you'll never know. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes uh, the more we say, the more – uh, the more confusing we make this. Mm-hmm. And it's why a lot of CrossFit gyms offer free trials. There's no better way to experience firsthand than to get your feet wet and come in for a free class. No doubt. Love it. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you, man. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. See you next time.